We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Light Years. Sam Iskandiari here. Sitting in is the birthday boy, uh, <laughs> yeah. Aaron Larsoul. I, I hear you are turning 29. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, September 12th. Tomorrow, as we record this, uh, perhaps today, as you listen to this, I am in fact turning 29. It might be the extended dance remix of 29, but it is in fact 29. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're recording this at 5 p.m. on Sunday. We just watched the Bay Area football team and the former Bay Area football team both lose their openers. So uh, I feel very confident that like 92% of our listeners are pretty annoyed right now. Um, I'm going to say maybe 8% of Lightyear's listeners are not Niners or Raiders fans. Maybe I'm underselling. Warriors are kind of a they're kind of a global brand, so I'm not I'm not surprised. They become that, I don't I don't know if they always were, but they certainly have become such. Yeah, so so maybe I'm underselling. Maybe we maybe it's more like 80% of Light Years listeners are Niners, particular more Niners than Raiders, but Niners or Raiders fans. But anyway, the are you ready for my hot take though? Since we you you texted me about you might be have a take to, to piss people off. So let me piss people off before I have you. End, I have endless takes. So yeah, we'll do we'll do a little football talk. Are we sure? Real quick. Are we sure that Santa Clara slash San Jose are the Bay Area? Relax. Are we sure? Yes. Are we um, sure? Okay. Okay. So, like, I, it's an interesting topic because if you were to ask me which part of the Bay have I spent the least amount of time in in my life, it's the South Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, East Bay, number one, born yeah, there. But what, yeah, but which part of the Bay is San Jose on? Uh, it hits the southern part of the bay. It does. It does. Okay. I okay. mean, okay. <sighs> so I used to one of my boys, one of my closest friends. Technically, um, part of Santa Clara does touch the southern part of the bay. I understand the technicality you are trying to go for. But so I used to say, I mean, now, now, now the route has been expanded. But back in the day, one of my closest friends, uh, he grew up in uh, Almadin, actually. And uh, that might to, actually not touch the bay. But yes. <laughs> went to Bellarmine, went to Bellarmine High School, and he used to call that. You know, he he grew up in the Bay Area, and I'd be like, "Eh, because Bart doesn't." No, they've expanded the route since then. 
But if Bart doesn't go there, are we sure it's the bay? If it doesn't actually touch any water, are we sure it's the bay? Eh, well, I think I think it counts. Also, all right, all right fair enough. We can. Um, and they're still the San Francisco get... 49ers. So, yes, it's true. Also, Santa Clara actually does touch the bay. So whatever it's that is the least of their problems right now. And usually a tie up on my list of problems. So, <laughs> um, God, what a frustrating day. I don't want to I don't want to dwell too much Hideous. on it. Yeah, it's just like, uh, do you have any takes? Um, yes, I do. I have lots of takes. Take takes I, you're willing to put on the record. There's these. Yes, there's, no. Yes, those are two yes, different things. Yes, I do. Um, I mean, I might have a Jordan Pools better than Damian Lillard was at this age. Take, but I'm, oh wait, I just <laughs> I just threw that on the record. Um, the 49ers' offensive line was terrible. They very much missed George Kittle. I am somebody who says. Uh, on Twitter all the time. This is your daily or weekly reminder that Jimmy G ain't it. And I have been saying this for years. So this is not coming from a, a, a Jimmy G stand. Trey Lance was terrible. He was just fucking terrible. And he was so terrible. It almost, not quite, but almost made me go, eh, is it time to see what the back no, has? No, 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 we're, and we're... I, no. No, no, no. I despise Jimmy G. I am the one who says over and over and over, Jimmy G ain't it. But, and there are mitigating circumstances. Obviously, George Kittle wasn't there. The Bears are probably eh. terrible, but made their defenses okay. Obviously, it was played in a monsoon. All of no, this is fair. No, no, no. Elijah I'm, Mitchell I'm, got hurt. All of that I'm giving is fair. You, I'm giving you none of this. The, the, Trey the Lance only, was awful. The only was take, awful. The only take I have on today's Niners game is their defense was way less disciplined than I expected it. I kind of thought their offense would be ugly. I kind of thought they were going to be a work in progress for a few weeks. You know, that's a nice some, way to put it. Some interesting run stuff like Debo. <laughs> Debo doesn't want to play wide back. Like <laughs> my favorite story is like, no, Debo wants to get paid before he plays wide back. Correct. That was that was the story. Correct. So it's like that stuff. I mean, Trey in the first half of the game looked like what I expected. Um a couple nice passes, a couple like, oh, what are you doing? And a lot of in between. Um, but I expected the defense to be like up there with the best in the league. And they were for most of the game, but they were not. They, they, the penalties just like undisciplined. Yes. I'm just, I'm just chalking it up. I'm like, let's see what happens. But I mean, it's pretty clear this team needs their defense to be elite so they can figure out where the offense can get to by midseason and make some decisions like, yeah, newsflash, you're starting maybe the youngest quarterback in the NFL. I last I checked, he was the youngest starter. Mm. I'm probably forgetting the point. Are any of the are any of the the rookies drafted this year starting? Uh yeah, yeah. no, I think you might be right. He was also yeah, well, I don't know, where did Tre- him and Trevor Lawrence probably? He's a lot younger than Trevor yeah. Lawrence uh, because he was exceptionally young when he went out. Like he's young first class. Yeah. Yeah. He was the, uh, he was the doesn't turn 18 until whatever, like version of it, NBA prospect, you know, this is the, it looked to me, the frustrating part was it looked to me like Jimmy G. It looked like a Jimmy G team where only, only with the running threat, which alone with, with the, like the play it's, it's very reliant on the playmakers. He missed that. I think in the first quarter, I don't know who it was. He missed one of the tight ends. He missed mm-hmm. like he just had a throw that NFL quarterbacks make every single day. He missed 
for a touchdown. There's a few good plays here and there. There are a bunch of like, hold your, hold your nose, hold your eyes throws. Like, what did you see there? There was the interception that basically sealed yeah. the game. Yeah. And it's I'm, so reliant on everybody else. Yeah. But that was, and reliant that, on Shanahan, like scheming it. But no, none of that's different than what they had last year. So correct. That's like, but that's, but that's a problem. No, it's not. It's not a problem. Hear, oh. And hear me out on why it's okay. not. A okay. Okay. Unless you're saying they should have acquired a different quarterback than the two names that you're saying, which honestly, maybe that's the end, the end game, any season anyway, you know, but since we know that's not in the cards because they drafted a guy third overall and you at least see what he has before you move on. The, the base game is the same between the two quarterbacks, in my opinion. The only difference is Trey has a ton of upside that could be way better by the end of the season. Whereas Jimmy, I mean, whatever you think of him, he's 30. He'll be 31 at some point. He's kind of what he is. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm not advocating for Jimmy G to start. Let's be, I know, I know you're not, but my point is there's not a, there's not a better alternative. So it does focus on everyone else being better until he gets up to speed. I don't even, I don't care to sugarcoat his performance. I'm just saying, he was bad. A, a guy who played one and a half games last year, no games in college the year before, and one double A the year before that. It, obviously, I'm getting to the COVID stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's obvious this is what it was going to look like. So my my standards for it were always going to be like, well, you know, I think Nick Bosa is going to be defensive player of the year, and he played fine today, but he did not play like a defensive player of the year. They need they need that defense. They need the, the other players to be essentially what they're paid to be. And then, you know, just let him slowly develop over time. None of that makes it, none of that makes this any less frustrating. I'm just like, it was, fr- and I think the bears are really bad too, which is a lot of the frustration. True. But isn't it interesting? Obviously this is a, this is a warrior show. Isn't it kind of interesting? The, the, the comparison to, uh, to the staff stuff and, and Joe Lake of like, is it time? Because the 49ers roster is, I think, is a Super Bowl caliber roster. It Obviously, is. they were held back by Jimmy. If you, if you take if you if you take away the quarterback, they have a top three or four roster. In that if you take away the quarterback, I would argue they have a top one roster. They, yeah, they yeah. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just hedging to be although to be frank, the but quarterback like, it's is right, the it, most important. It's right. But it's fascinating the comparisons to the Warriors, right? Like. If you if you believe that they have a Super Bowl caliber roster, obviously the Warriors, excuse me, the 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 49ers put a lot of resources into to acquiring Trey Lance. I don't like, and they said it again on TV today that they spent three first round picks on it, on uh, getting him. I don't. That's wrong. They spent two first round picks. They didn't give up three first round picks to get him because one of them was the pick that they used yeah, for him. Yeah. So they spent two. Um. <laughs> But I think it's a fascinating question, right? And and Joe Lacob, despite your protests and my protests and most people with a brain's protest, we thought didn't give enough to a roster that could win right now with Steph. It's very interesting. You talked about there isn't a better alternative for the 49ers. Well, maybe they should have gotten a better alternative because this is a roster, in my opinion, that can win. A yeah, Super Bowl. It's, it's, it's just way too early to go there for me. It's just way too early to go there. Um, not, not good, but just way too early. Um, it is interesting because it, if we were to make that analogy, the equivalent would have been the Niners winning the Super Bowl in spite of 
spending those picks and not playing him last year. Like that's which that's what the which Warriors. That's they what the probably, Warriors did. They were they probably should have. They're close. They're very close. Yeah. Um, and it would have been wild for them to do it literally with no one playing quarterback. But anyway, um, that is your football segment of the day. There's going to be a certain <laughs> there's going to be a certain number of listeners who are just like, I don't listen to you guys for football. Leave me alone. Um, and that's fine. I, I get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. So we are, today is September 12th, is your birthday. The Warriors, birthday, yes. the Warriors begin camp on the 24th, 12 days away, sneaking right up on us. So the Warriors, obviously, they go to Japan, they play the Wizards, a couple games in Japan. Then they come back and have like a week with no games. Then they play a couple preseason games. I believe they're all at home, actually. Um, and then the season starts. But anyway, we're getting right into the flow of it. And I feel like, the, okay, number one news item right now is we still know if Andre Godal is back. Uh, and I'm going to be honest with you, uh, while I respect him trolling everyone with the tweets saying he's going to announce it on his podcast yeah. soon, yeah, I- I'm a little shocked that we are, I, I kind of thought he was going to make a decision before now, you know, Do you did you think-, think, or did you hope? No, I thought, I, okay. I just thought the team would set a deadline a little earlier because like, it, we're going to get into it after we talk about Andre a little bit, like the back end of their roster is not set and that's not a typical, but I would figure they'd want a little certainty with who was going to play and who wasn't just if for no other reason to move on to other options. 
so conceptually i agree with you but this is like a boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife that is trying to get an answer from their significant other um without any leverage right the warriors are, are, are like very clearly want iggy back very clearly right they've been open about they want him back kerr's been open about it steph has been open about it they want him back so for them to put forth a deadline or put forth an ultimatum at some point i don't know that it makes much sense because it's not like they are clear what their intentions are their intentions are well, we want guess, you back so they're going to wait for whatever deadline he wants i guess the the question is have they lost out on players because of him i don't um, think so no, no i think, I think the they warriors still have, have another good... they still have another open roster spot so like in theory if there was another player out there that they wanted they could have acquired him you know like uh, yes. and it was going to be and whether he whether he decided to come back or not by now it was going to be a minimum and they have the roster spot available so i don't think they've they've missed out on anyone and frankly i think the warriors have had a good off season all things considered so um no i don't think so but they're going they were were going to and i think they're still going to let it happen with iggy on whatever time frame he decides because seems like camp he's earned that seems like camp is the deadline i I don't even think camp is the deadline i do because here's why because i think they're going to keep a 15th roster spot open anyway for him or for somebody else um and to save a little bit on tax for tax purposes as as long as they can so you have to have fair point you have to have 14 guys anyway so i think it is even if he doesn't decide by camp, if he wants to be the buyout guy that comes in February, I still think the Warriors will take him. True. They're going to have okay. to get, they're going to have to get one more guy at some point. I think they would like that one more guy to be Iggy now, but if he hems and haws and doesn't give his answer on his podcast until later on, whenever that is, I think the Warriors and, and okay. we'll talk um, about this, they're going to get a bunch of, bring a bunch of guys in right for workouts. Yeah. I, so I, that right now that roster have, spots going to be there right now. They have 13 guys who are, guaranteed for next year they have mac mcclung on a non-guarantee so they hit that 14 threshold but mm-hmm. as far as i'm concerned he counts just as there's no difference between mac mcclung's non-guarantee and like the exhibit 10 camp invites they have structurally like they could, they could decide mcclung is the answer um or they could just as well cut him and you know he's not and 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 keep you know uh alfred payton you know right. i'm just i'm just throwing inside so like right. it's just kind of a cap thing where he gets Correct. to be the guy um it probably it probably means he gets the first look is what it means well I, we'll talk about mcclung in a minute but i want to ask one andre thing before we move forward mm-hmm. um how important do you think he's back with the team i think it's important and the reason i think it's important is because the guys that matter or I think the two leaders of the team slash organization are Steph and Steve Kerr. And both of them, it matters to both of them. And so if it matters to them, I think it matters. Um, and I think there is, there's very much a difference between, you know who I think it matters for most? I think it matters for Jonathan Kaminga the most. Cause, yeah. Because Andre's not I mean, going to play much. Everyone's been saying that and it's, but it makes sense. It's like the- Right. Andre's he, not going to play much, but- there is a difference when somebody is like on your head about something if you're a player it matters and coaches can do it too but if you are even if you don't play very much if you are in the trenches with the like Udonis Haslam you know with Miami for the last 100 years 
something about being a player, it's it, that voice is different. So I do think I do think it Particularly matters. It's and, a Hall of Fame voice. Like Andre is yep. uh, Andre matters in the league. He uh, he does. And I suspect he's going to be back, too, by the way. I think so, too. Uh, the other player he could really help is probably Patrick Baldwin, um, who we haven't really discussed. And to be honest, I still think it's going to be a redshirt year for him because of the the physical stuff mm-hmm. that held him back. That plus, like, just being a rookie. Like, there's – I love the pick because I thought his upside for number 28 was – sorry, 20 – yeah, was yeah, way was higher, way higher than what you normally get there. But part of the reason he fell to that pick was he had an awful first year of college and everyone had injury questions with him. And he's clearly a player you're drafting for three years from now. You're not drafting him thinking he's going to he's going to be like he's not uh, a Desmond Bain who actually exceeds my expectations where it's like, I know I can plug him in for 15 minutes today and he could probably do a little more than that. You know, like he's. He's clearly a player you're picking with idea. Uh, you know, we his body gets right. We add some muscle on to him, teach him a little thing. You know, like uh, in some ways it reminds me of the Looney pick, right? Like where it was like Looney was a lotto talent, had some physical setbacks, fell. And they're like, he's there's too much pedigree and too many tools here that like eventually we'll find something. And it's funny that Looney ended up um, kind of what he did, given what he was in high school. But like, it's still kind of banking on the the talent and figuring out a way over time. Yes, I agree with that. And maybe this is evidence that the Warriors learned their lesson. I mean, Damian Jones did he washed out with the Warriors, but he's been fine since, right? He's had a he's fine career a for what you pick at NBA the end player. of the first round. Yeah, but maybe that was the mistake, right? With with Jacob Evans, was we want a guy that we can plug in now that he's like NBA ready now. doesn't have a lot of upside, but he's NBA ready now at the end of the first round. We'll get him. And he was like, he's just not an NBA player and wasn't. I think this is a better path for the Warriors. Oh, for anybody at the end of the first round, I think you should be taking home run swings. See if you can get Jordan Poole is a great example. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, Jordan Poole is a good example because he's about to get well over $100 million. I think he's going to get a max. Um, he should. Uh, well, I think if he I think if he gets to restricted free agency, someone will max him. I do not think he's getting a max from the Warriors a year well, early. Restricted free agency depresses your value artificially, though. So, But yes, I think but he's worth it. does it if you're on a team where everyone knows you have a bazillion-dollar tax debt and they think they can wiggle you away, you know? Uh, that's fair. That is fair. The, the Warriors are in a fairly unique situation. Yeah. It's a, you, yeah. It can't be fairly unique. <laughs> it is unique or it isn't. It is a unique situation. Yes. It's not one you see every year. That's for that, sure. That is a fair point. Yes. Yeah. So, but like he's a, um, I, I think it's interesting because, uh, you know, that you could argue that you should be just trying to get like, there's always, let's put it this way. There's always a senior or a junior who's picked in the twenties who everyone's like, why did they let him fall? It was just so clear he could play. Like Desmond Bain is a perfect example, right? Um, uh, Draymond Green, in some ways, it was that guy. He went 35th overall. You know, like I can go yeah. through. Like there's a guy like that every year. And so I feel like a lot of times people in those late picks are always like trying to take those guys. But I don't know. You, I guess yeah, but you go- the problem is there's also the like they ruined the league when the Warriors bought Chicago's pick and took Jordan Bell. It's like, how did he fall that far? And he couldn't play. So I think I think you or he's just a, like he's just a, a guy you find in the G League, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the 
that late in the first round or in the second round, I think it makes sense to take upside swings, um, which the Warriors have done this year. I think I think it is the right path forward. Yeah. Okay. So let let's. I I, I agree with you. I think on. I think I think when you have as much youth as the Warriors have on your roster, and like Kuminga is the obvious one because he plays the same position as Andre, but Moses Moody, mature as he is, is still nineteen twenty. Um, mm-hmm. There is just veteran wisdom that will help him. Um, James Wiseman, different position, young as hell. Patrick Baldwin, Ryan Rollins, like that's five guys on their roster on their rookie contracts. Um, and Steph Clay and Draymond aren't holding their hands, not at the level that uh, someone like Andre, who's not being counted on to play 36 minutes a night is, you know? So right. there's, there's value in him is just kind of doubling down your assets in some ways. Yes. And, and plus, even if um, Steph or well, Clay's not doing it, but even if Steph or Draymond or Steve Kerr or the coaching staff were doing that, there's value in having multiple voices. Sure. And having, and having varied experience. And uh, Andre is one of the most cerebral guys. The basketball IQ, he's among the best ever. Yeah, and so being able to impart that it just is different than what you can do if you he, he both aren't has, in the trenches with them. He both has more time just by virtue of being on the bench with them. Yes, and uh, and it also it has it also carries with it a different credibility if you're still on right. the team. Yeah, Steph Curry tells you something, it's like that's great, but I'm probably never going to be you. Like actually. You're none of you are going to be him, just to be clear. Um, but nobody, like, nobody in the history of planet yeah, Earth before yeah, yeah, or but, 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 going but, forward. You is know, going it's to be he's him. he's he's a global superstar. There, there's a difference yes. between that and just like a guy who's been a really good NBA player. And a, and it like, what, what do you think of when you think of Iguodala? Because I I just think winner winner is like the number one. Yeah, like super like Steph. I think changed the game. Yes. Um, Clay, I think top three shooter of all time and maybe number two to be honest um uh and then but, two, you know, yes. with andre while he's like kind of always been slept on in terms of how individually good he is like mm-hmm. i just think it was a guy who just does all like every team he's been on wins every team he's been on wins every team he's been on he does something to make them better um and that is just you know particularly for younger players like if if Andre can get younger players to buy into doing the things he does, the Warriors are a juggernaut for eternity. Because usually younger players think the only thing that matters is showing that I can score 25 points. So to answer your question, what's the first thing I think of when I think of Iguodala is I think he may have the most fascinating uh, Hall of Fame discussion case in history. By the way, shout out Tim Hardaway, Hall of Fame, the UTEP two-step. There we go. I think I think Iggy's a Hall of Famer, but I think it is one of the most fascinating discussions ever because the the raw the number the raw numbers are not there. The accolades, mm, I mean, he's I think he's a one time All Star, I believe. I think it's two or three. Is I'm looking. Hold on, let me look. Yeah, he's a one time All Star. You talk, I'll get you this. He's a one time All Star. Damn it, <laughs> but he. Uh, and I don't even know how, like, I don't think there's a lot of all defensive teams, even though at times he's been one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, and he was part of the revolution that ushered in the era where the most important thing was 
being a big wing and who could stop those big Vers- wings. Positional versatility. And he's one of the best at it. And mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, his his basketball IQ. Um, and he's a four-time champ. And he has a finals. MVP and he's a very important like you cannot tell the Warriors story Correct. without Iguodala. Like, yeah, like no offense, but like I might leave Barbosa out of it, even though Barbosa was like a valuable piece for the Warriors for a while. But what like, about Zaza? Andre, I mean, Zaza is my guy. But yeah, like Andres, Andres is like a core piece. There's a difference. I mean, yeah, he's won four titles with those boys. There, there's only and one. he was there's in the closing, and he was in the closing lineup in all four of them. So, I mean, that's that's all the, you got to know. The facts are he was on the floor as uh, the fourth title was was secured. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So what I think of him is I think he's a Hall of Famer, but I understand how fascinating the discussion is around that. And will he be a Hall of Famer? I don't know. I think he should be. But if you go by, you know, the basketball reference. Yeah, he's predictor. He's, he's he, that's we're, we're not having this. He's making it. Um, I, I think he is. But but that so that is the first thing I run. Think T, of. Run TMC is in the Hall of Fame. He's making it. I'm sorry. It's I mean, he a, should. He should. But all those dudes from run TMC have run numbers better than his. But I absolutely agree with you. He should make it. Um, but I, I think he is or would be incredibly valuable. And I think he was incredibly valuable to the team last year. I think his body doesn't have it anymore. Um, what was funny is at the beginning of last season, when he was actually playing, he was good. But he he was available in like yeah. a third of the playoff games last year. And I don't think that that's a trend that's going to go in the opposite direction where he will be more available. But, I do, way, think, but out, I do shout think out Andre, Shout out Andre telling uh, everyone the NBA is his side hustle right now. Yeah, that made me laugh because it's like that's one of those jokes where it's like I'm kidding, but but I'm serious, you know, like <laughs> you know, you know why I think he'll be back. I mean, I think he cares about you know he's he's big on securing, which I think he feels like he has Steph's legacy and all that. But I think he will be back probably because of his podcast, right? Because I think he cares about his podcast, and even if the NBA is his side hustle, even as it relates to his podcast. His podcast is far more influential and far more meaningful if he is still on a roster. Even if he doesn't play, yeah. the fact that he is on an NBA roster still matters. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, let's let's talk about we did get one news item last week and we hit on this a little bit. Um we got some names who the Warriors are bringing in for the camp. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to start with this. These players are on the roster um, short of the trade. Like they're all guaranteed. Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Looney, Poole, Dante DiVincenzo, Jamichael Green, Jonathan Kuminga, Moses Moody, James Wiseman, 
Patrick Baldwin, Ryan Rollins. That's 13 full contract NBA players. Yes. Um, and then Mac McClung is currently on a non-guarantee. So as far as I'm concerned, he's on the same deal as like Kenneth, the camp invites who are Alfred Payton, Ben McLemore, forgot Pat Spencer on my list, uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Kenneth Fareed. And before we get into it, I, I should have thrown this out there also. Uh, Quindary Weatherspoon's on a two-way and he's going to probably be stuck on a two-way because the only way he can get out of being on a two-way is if another team gives him a full contract, um, which, or if he was traded. Yeah. Um, which he won't be. Yeah. So even if I think he should be on a full contract, the Warriors kind of have him in under team control for better or worse. Um, and then Lester Quinones, um, who they gave a two-way to very early. Uh, because he's Wiseman's college roommate. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'll keep that there. Um, but anyway, so, so what we're talking about is potential. And his shorts are released short. Yeah. Potentially two roster spots, more than likely one, because Andre will probably command one of those roster spots. And maybe two, maybe a two-way spot, because they can always cut one of these guys from a two-way. Like there's not a, mm-hmm. there's not a huge financial penalty for cutting a two-way guy. So, mm-hmm. so there's some interesting names here. I guess I want to start with this of the names and I'll include McClung in this list. Who are you most intrigued by making the roster? Um, and who do you think? Yeah. Who are you most intrigued by? Rondé Hellas Jefferson. Um, so we, you and I, I think you and I, you've definitely talked about it on the show, but I think you and I have talked about it on your show before also about the concept of the second draft right? of guys that, and Alfred Payton fits into this too. Sure. Um, about guys that, you know, have high pedigree. And by the way, this is also could be an argument for why the Warriors were interested in Mac clung guys that have had a pedigree, whether it's high school and we can go back to uh, Nico Mannion, mm-hmm. right? Guys that have had this high school pedigree or college pedigree, and maybe have washed out other places. The Warriors seem to be very interested in that. Rondé Hollis Jefferson at Arizona obviously was a big recruit and was a lottery pick. So, and Alfred Payton was too. But the difference between the two is I don't think you can have enough people that can guard wings. And all this ties into the, the Iguodala discussion. Um, you can't have too many guys that can guard those apex predator wings, LeBron and Kawhi and Paul George, those kind of guys. And can Rondé Hollis Jefferson do that? Maybe, maybe not, but at least with the physical profile and with the background, he can. So he would be the guy I would give the first shot to is my point. He reminds me in some ways of GP two. Um, and that's going to be a popular narrative. Like who's going to be the new GP two. The odds are, no one will because no one. because no it's one. just it's really rare for a guy to go from fighting for the 15th man to being playing 20 minutes in the NBA finals and deserving them. Um yes. it just everything clicked with GP2 and he was kind of like the perfect elixir around the core to to provide the right spark and do certain things that they needed. But with Rondé Hollis Jefferson, I will say this, it rem- there's some similarity there in the sense of clearly his NBA skill set is defense. He can't shoot the ball. 
Mm-hmm. Offensively, he's kind of a garbage man. Like he's mm-hmm. a really good cutter. He'll he'll randomly run into ten points moving off ball in a way that GP would, you know. Uh, but like he, you know, you're not. He's not running a pick and roll. He's not coming off of a screen. You're not posting him up. Like he doesn't really do anything on offense other than like exploit spacing with athleticism, right? Um. Yeah, but he. Yeah. But yes, yes. But again, like. I don't think in this NBA, I don't think you can have enough guys that can credibly that you can throw on yeah. lead ball handlers, especially if they're bigger. Right. And, and, but, but my point is his issue isn't defense. No. Um, because no. if he, because he's been an NBA quality defender his yes. whole life. Um, well, <laughs> since he got Sam <laughs> sorry. I'm pretty, you, you, you know, you're know. looking at his baby pictures. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, it, but, the reason, the reason he doesn't together. the reason he doesn't hang in the league is because everyone's like, I don't have a role for him on offense. No, because I I don't know what to do with you offensively. Correct. Yeah. Um, and I wonder I think, if he can... I think Alfred Payton is interesting too, though, because I mean the obvious answer is Jordan Poole, but who is the backup point guard? Matt McClung. I, um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no, but it's 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 um what I was saying is I could see Rondé having success in some of the Warriors lineups because they're so unique and they can, they can use a wing. Who's essentially a, um, a dunker spot rim runner on offense, which he can do. Yeah. I know? mean, and it, that is the Gary Payton role, right? Again, mm-hmm. GP two ended up making more threes, more corner threes than, than anybody had reason to believe he was going to, but that was essentially the role. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I would give, I would give it, it, for me, Rondé Hollis Jefferson gets the first crack at it. Alfred, you're right, because part of the reason they gave Mac the uh, non-guarantee and part of the reason they're inviting Alfred is, um, you know, love him or hate him. And I know most people uh, were not in love with him last year. Like Chioza did fill a role as like the third ball handler, the guy mm-hmm. who could play backup minutes when Steph mm-hmm. sat, that sort of stuff. Um, but that's right? the thing, like nobody should expect. And and I think it's a fine answer to say that uh, to – to think that the backup point guard is going to be Jordan Poole. That, I yeah, think I'm, that's talking, about, I'm I, talking about. I think third, that's a fine I'm talking answer. about third string because yeah. Let, let's just be realistic. If Steph Steph's probably going to miss 15 games. That's the point. Correct. In those 15 games, Jordan Poole is not going to play 48 minutes. So correct. So you need someone who's playing 15 minutes per game, 15 games a year, um, and maybe a little more. You, you just never know how things will break. You don't know. If, you don't know if Poole is going to miss a week with like a sore hammy and you need someone to buy some minutes behind Steph, you know? So just a third string point guard right now, without him, the third string point guard would be Draymond or Igudal if he comes back. Uh, and I just think that they, they probably, well, I mean, or right. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, I like Rollins, but I don't know that we, you want to, for a team that has championship rapper aspirations, I don't know that you want to leave that to a rookie especially a rookie that didn't play in summer league and we haven't seen yet and don't know how healthy he is and all of those things. Right. I would and like to have another option in theory. Rollins going to get that first shot at it, but it's like, it, it just comes down to like, even if this is a player who will never play in the playoffs for you, it's like the need. It, it's like the need to have an extra pitcher. If you're a yeah, baseball team, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, um, you know, Alfred's, Alfred's been an NBA player, you know, never lived up to the uh, 10th pick overall hype that he got, you know, like he's, he's, he just, he just hasn't, you know, but I do Uh, like, again, to the Warriors credit, I do think that I think the pedigree and second draft concept is, is something that is valuable. So 
yeah. I think they're those are they're good options to consider. What about someone like Kenneth Fareed? Kenneth Fareed on the Warriors would literally be a uh, we don't trust Wiseman and we just need we just need another big at the end of the bench. So my issue with Fareed and that one one day I'll tell you our, I'll tell you the Portland Kenneth Fareed draft sorry off, <laughs> off the air but um i think so i don't think that he is the right choice and because his his value is we just need another big but he's six nine he's an energy six nine guy that plays big i think if the warriors yeah, say but those we need are, another big those we are guys because we don't trust wise those yeah, are guys who play body. the Warriors it's a style. Big body. I know, but it's a big body. The Warriors. I'd rather have. A, I'd rather have a six eight Kenneth Fareed than a seven foot stiff. If we're talking about a pure innings eater, you know what I mean? Sure, but are just because he f- are you certain Kenneth Fareed's not a stiff anymore? Like, I mean, he could be. You're, when you're, was the last you, time you saw Kenneth Fareed? I did not watch Seska Moscow much this year, so um, yeah. it, it your your point stands. But like, my point is, I, I don't need that end of the. I don't need a big stiff seven footer. No, I agree with you. But if you are worried about, we're not like, we don't trust Wiseman or we don't trust Wiseman's healthy. Like Kenneth Reed's not playing over Kavon Looney. So if you, if there is something that is missing, I think it is a bigger body. And I don't think Fareed fits that. Okay. What about uh, someone like Ben McLemore? Complete different type of. Yeah, player. I mean, I'm just look, I'm, I'm like running down the list. No, yeah, yeah. Ben McLemore is like you can never have enough shooting. Ben McLemore is a capable NBA shooter, and I'm a little surprised he took a Warriors camp invite just because. Um, I can understand how Alfred Payton sees the potential to get that like third string point guard role. I don't know where McLemore seeing the potential to. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, you, you have Moses yeah. Moody, Dante, and, Clay, Vincenzo, right, and, Clay, yeah. and, and then obviously yeah. Clay and Wiggins. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. like he's just, he's redundant among those guys. So correct. Correct. My suspicion though here is that there is a Warriors effect. There's a little extra shine that comes with being on the Warriors, the winning, all of that. Um, so my supposition is he wants a little warriors halo effect um, that what the warriors bring you into camp or you get some minutes, you get some buckets. There's that warriors effect because you're right. He is log jammed behind a lot of dudes that are going to play ahead of him. Right. So but unless he, he thinks so, a bunch of those guys are not going to play or going to be hurt, then, or he's, he's heard some weird rumor that like clay or pool are getting traded, you know, easy, easy. Yeah. So I suspect what, no, what it is is, if, if you do get minutes on the Warriors, you know you're going to get open shots, right? Obviously, playing with Steph, Clay, whatever, you're going to get he open. Does, he does fit their system. You're going like to get open it, looks. It, is, it, will, it, will do, it will do wonders for him. Yes. Um, combine that with the, like, Warriors, Halo, Glow, Championship, Sparkle, whatever. I think those are the reasons. But you're, you are completely correct. There are four, five, six guys that would play ahead of him. So he's not going to get any minutes. Yeah, um, rug deal for him. All right, so you know, uh, but no, but I mean, but it, but gun, you answered your own question because if he had better options, he would take them. That's true too. All right, so so 
gun to your head here. Final two roster spots. What mm-hmm. are we looking at on opening night? Um, Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Iggy, if he wants to. And if not, they'll leave it open for Iggy if he decides to. So you don't think they're going to have another ball handler in there? I, I don't think so. No. I just, I think I don't, I'm not saying that's correct. I'm saying that's what my, my guess is. It seems to me. Yeah. I, I just think McClung has a decent shot at getting on this roster. Even if it's as a two way guy, he shot the ball really well in summer league. The warriors will, they'll, they'll take the ball out of his hands. If he plays with them a little bit, which how, yeah, well, have you seen Steve Kerr? Have uh, you seen Matt McClung? He is not one that takes that is willing to play without the ball in his hands. He's going to get the ball and he's going to get him up. He does get the shots up. There's he no gonna way get, around. He's going to get him up. There's no way around that. I think uh, when you're talking about like potential like deep bench guards, uh, who fill that specific role for them. I mm-hmm. still think it's hard for them to do worse than him. My whole thing is he should be on a two-way. Like, he's a fine little two-way project, you know? Um, yes. The way the way Chioza was, and obviously it didn't work out with Chioza. Did not. Um, or and, Nico. And I don't see the uh, the two-way spot for him unless they cut Quinones. Um, so, so I don't know, but I kind of think... I kind of think I, I I I just don't think it's smoke being blown that they invited him to uh, to camp and they well, gave also him the, and they gave him the contract you know correct Even and also a, I mean, they're paying him through the summer so and also yeah. brought him in from the Lakers uh, uh, summer league team right everybody's a free agent in summer league and he he literally switched teams in summer league right. so they obviously there's obviously something there that the Warriors like find value in. Um, I don't, it, it would not be my suggestion, but well, you can see like he fits what they want lead guards to do. The question is, will he do it? And does he do it at a high enough level? Wait, do you, do you think so actually? Cause I, I think Steve, I, I, my guess is, I don't know this. My guess is he drives Steve Kerr nuts. Because um, Steve, Kerr, well, I, don't, like, I think I think all summer league basketball drives Steve Kerr nuts. So I like yes, I, I don't Steve, think any part of summer league basketball is appealing to Steve Kerr. That's fair, but Mac just plays in a way that yeah. is highlighted in summer league, right? Like he lets that lets Mac do what he thinks he does anyway and cook. I my guess I don't know this. My guess is Mac is not Steve Kerr's favorite. So I think he would, I think my guess is Steve would like somebody a little bit more steady, shall we say, as a backup. Yeah, but I think, I think, I think they've tried the steady thing and steady doesn't do anything for you in the NBA. If they shoot 34% from the field, which is Chioza, Wanamaker, all those guys. I mean, I mean, those are all, by the way, those are all better, those are all better ball handlers. And like One of these just, days, I'm letting I'm letting the Wanamaker, the lost tapes, the lost files of your me and you texting about Wanamaker. I'm letting those loose on the timeline. One of these I days. thought I thought he would. I thought the three point shooting was going to come around, man. I really did, <laughs> and <laughs> and it did not. It, it, did, it not. did not. It did no. Not. So so part of the, the although I, I'll be honest with you, actually the only reason I'm intrigued by McClung in that role is mm-hmm. he can hit shots, and. 
I'm really tired of seeing them carry a guard at the end of the bench who can't hit shots, particularly since the ball just sits in Draymond's hands and the other players' hands. Anyway. Uh, that is, yes, to be a... Now, now you yes, are correct. Ahead. If he decides to just hijack the offense and be like, it's the Mac McClung show, like that ain't, that, that ain't going to work. Not, not if it's like Clay, you know, Pool. Like, it, it doesn't matter. There's, he's, he will be the worst player on the team no matter what. So like he can't do that. He will be the worst player on the floor whenever he's on the floor. So the Mac McClung show and the forays to the rim and all of the up and unders and let me let me get in my bag is not going to work. That is not it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It'll be interesting. I mean, it's like it'll be interesting to see how the whole roster comes out. But um, I suspect let's I suspect it's Rondé Hollis Jefferson and leaving a spot open for for Iggy.